0: The List- Patrol de, de Minas California. <laughs> Weather headlines for today, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the host of the Revenue Generator podcast, the CMO of Lean Data, Doug Bell. Welcome to the Revenue Generator podcast, where we members of the revenue generation share solutions for how you can integrate your business to optimize revenue. I'm your host and the CMO of Lean Data, Doug Bell. And today we're going to discuss the benefits of revenue operations and why a chief revenue operations officer may be coming your way soon. Joining us is Rachel McBeardy who is the Chief Customer Officer at Lean Data, which provides modern revenue orchestration for today's growth leaders. In Rachel's spare time, she's also the host of the OpStars podcast, where marketing operations, sales operations, and customer success operations support each other through sharing ideas, best practices, and discovering innovative new strategies. So far this week, Rachel and I have talked about why revenue operations is becoming more strategic. And today, we're going to wrap up our conversation by discussing the rise of the C-R-O-O, Chief Revenue Operations Officer. Okay, here's my conversation with Rachel, the Chief Customer Officer at Lean Data. Rachel, welcome back to the podcast.
1: Great to be back, Doug.
0: I have to ask a question. And this question is, it's going to sound straightforward, but there's some nuance in here, so bear with me. Does the C-suite really need another executive?
1: Well, I would say, yes, it seems they they just might. I was speaking with Mary Shea, who is a principal analyst at Forrester, who is now the global innovation evangelist at Outreach. She spends a lot of time thinking about the future of sales and the transformation of sales and selling. And part of our conversation, she jumped into her thoughts on revenue operations. And she said, she sees a world not too long from now where revenue operations professionals have a C in front of their title. They're in a great place right now because everyone is relying on their insight for guidance. And it's the first time I had really thought about this role reaching the C-suite. You know, But Mary went on to say she just feels it's super important to right now hire a head of RevOps to make sense of your data, to break down those silos between marketing, sales, and CS, to be able to operate. That single robust set of data, but operate centrally in service of the customer. So that team creating the dashboards for real-time decision-making, really understand what's working across the journey and touch points. And it really puts that ops person in the catbird seat because they're supporting the CRO, the CFO, the CMO, and helping them to manage the health of the business. So is that a gap that we have? So maybe we don't need it, but the way that Mary described it, it really like, you know, kind of set me back in my chair and went, we might just need this to help to pull the organization together in service of the customer.
0: Well, first of all, folks, I would say if you have not listened to the episode from the Upsource podcast where Mary Shea was a guest, definitely listen to it. Amazing thought leader out in the marketplace, former forester analyst, and really in the guts of it these days, at outreach. So good episode to listen into. But I really like where you've gone with this, Rachel, which is this idea that there is not a singular voice that represents the buyer's journey or the customer's journey. You know, I think we could probably make a very vigorous argument that you would own that, Rachel, at Lean Data, or I would own it, or our CRO would own it, or our CEO would own it. But I also sat through a few board meetings with you, and I've sat through board meetings with other C-suite folks. And at the end of the day, we are accountable for a set of metrics that's not always about connecting those dots. Right. Rachel, your job is to drive NRR. My job is to drive pipeline and growth. Our CEO's job is to hit that revenue target. Our CEO's job is to keep everything running, keep the board happy, keep the employees happy. CEO's job is to make sure all those things connect together. But really what you're saying here is that we don't have that kind of central voice to the customers because guess what? We're all distracted by other things and we're all responsible for things that don't always pull together in terms of that single Of vision overall, do you think that's what Mary was angling at here ultimately?
1: Yeah, I think that's what she's saying. There isn't the having a a view across that does show how you're doing, you know, overall against your strategy. And what do we mean by strategy? That's really being able to identify those long term or overall aims and goals. So it might be what are our revenue goals, what are our product adoption goals. And then what do we need to achieve them? But we can think about it in our silos, but having a centralized group that looks across really thinks about how do you work back from the different segments or ICPs, what really needs to happen as they move along the journey and thinking much more holistically so that they can help each of us to know how we improve what we do in our teams. Because at you know, at the end of the day, we still need great marketers and great sellers and great customer success individuals, but, you know, if they can be supported by understanding where do we focus, how do we win, what are the opportunities to improve because you've got someone looking at the system that serves the customer. So I think that having that view managed through the data, the processes, right, the technologies is where the world is going in terms of, you know, this perspective on the C-suite.
0: So, Rachel, here's the thing. And, and you know, I, like you, and it's my spare time, host a podcast. In fact, I'm on it right now. But you don't take these things on lightly, right? So it's a fair amount of work to be able to pull these things off. And that's not a way of patting Rachel and I on the back. But you're usually doing this as a passion project on some level, right? So, Rachel, we heard about the OpStars community. I absolutely know from sitting near you that it is a passion of yours. And we've really been talking about why it's a passion of yours. And I have to say, my passion is this. As a marketer and as a sales leader, and as a person who's been in the guts of B2B SaaS for so long, I'm tired of the bad marketing and bad sales. I'm really tired of it, right? And you know, I experience it every day, guys, I get a hundred SDR emails in my inbox every day. And hey, look, just because the SDRs aren't sending me great emails doesn't mean things are broken, but I think we've all had that really bad experience, right? Even when we have a good experience at that initial outset, then we have some trouble somewhere. The pricing makes no sense. The onboarding is no good. There's a disconnect between the salesperson and the CX person. Like we've all experienced that stuff. So I want to just flip this around, just a wee, wee bit, right? Which is to say, is it entirely possible that revenue operations, strategic, not strategic, C-R-O-O or no C-R-O-O, they're actually the folks out there firefighting and making a difference for the prospect and customer experience?
1: Yeah, no, 100%. And. You remind me of, um, I had Jason Reikland, who who is the, the co-founder of Go GoNimbly and is now the CRO at Breadcrumbs. And he he also mentioned, he's like, it's so annoying when you go request a demo at like this cool product you want to see the demo and they don't get back to you. And then you're like, wait a minute, I, I requested that. He goes, it's kind of like I go up and, you know, I order a meal and I have to wait two hours to get it. Well, you know what, this is just a crappy experience. <laughs> so we need to fix these kinds of things. They're really pretty obvious. And you know, why? Why do we need to do this is the B2B buying experience and the interactions with the company, I would argue might be more a more important churn indicator to get right than the product experience. What do I mean by that? In B2B, we're pretty tolerant of a long adoption cycle for software. We're forgiving. We're okay if it takes six months before we get enterprise software up and we feel like we're getting value. We are not tolerant of a crappy interaction with the company, a poor service experience, waiting for a demo. We have digital natives. The millennials are the ones buying. They're not tolerant of that. So you could argue that if you don't get that right and get those little touch points, call them mini touch points, right? You risk them leaving because them. that's a reflection of you as a company, how you're gonna work with them, what's the long-term relationship and they're just not tolerant of it. So that's why I think it's super critical, Doug.
0: So I agree vigorously. And one thing I'd say is, if it is the CRO's job, folks, try and say that five times fast, the C R O O S job to be in the front lines of fighting bad marketing and bad sales, then I'm in. But I also want to take a, just a step back, a little bit of a step back and say this. It sounds like we're needling you guys, right? You're on the pot. You're like, great, I get it. Thank you. We need RevOps. Got it. It's strategic. Let's, let's take a different turn on this, right? We are in this day where experience matters. We are in a day where the winners and the people that other organizations are talking about, the organizations other organizations are talking about, are really the people that create those great customer experiences. So if anybody's listening to the podcast, they know I have my favorites, one of which is Gong. I owe. I would challenge anybody to have a poor experience encountering the brand the people, the process, the things that they do. So with that example in mind, first, Rachel, talk to me about how somebody would go about beginning that journey away from bad sales and bad marketing towards great customer experience. Would you recommend starting with that CROO position or just take a hard look at what your operations organization looks like?
1: I don't think you need to start with a CRO, C-R-O-O, but I think it is helpful to have somebody Responsible for driving that program or project, maybe helping map out the journey, understanding, hey, this is the part that marketing own and we co-create it. It's co-created with marketing. It's co-created with sales. It's co-created with customer success, really so that we all design what we want from a brand experience perspective and, and what's needed. And I don't think it needs to be a C-suite. Jordan Henderson, who's the first interview that I did, he, he reports to the CEO as the Director of Revenue Operations. And he said the value of that is just being able to operate outside of each of the silos and not feeling like you're kind of pulled to serve each one so that you have that flexibility. So I don't think it needs to be a C-level, but I do think having a role that's just responsible for making sure where you're thinking back from the experience. And I think the RevOps team's job isn't to necessarily design or deliver, fix those problems. I think the role they play is helping you to identify where it's broken. Like what's happening that's not working? Because in your day-to-day, you don't have, you know, the data and insights aren't readily at your fingertips. or You don't have all the dashboards set up. So it's really, they're going to identify and say, Doug, we need to fix X, Y, Z. Or they'll go to, you know, the sales leader or they might come to me as the CCO and go, we'll tell you what's really kicking your butt is, you know, you're just not responding fast enough to those support tickets. And we can see that when there's a lag and the customer's not satisfied, those are the customers that are churning. I think they're bringing us those insights in part. Right, but they understand what we're trying to achieve as a business. They use the framework for the experience, but I think their role is really just to help us make sure that we know what's going on, giving us a visibility. So that's that's what I'm hearing as I'm internalizing what I'm hearing from the guests and the various. Like nobody has this perfected, and I think there's different strengths or weaknesses in the companies. But I think it's it it is helpful just to have someone responsible for that.
0: I think folks understand that this is a plot device, right? We're talking about CROOs and. I'm going to make a prediction here, Rachel. And I think three years from now, you're going to rejoin the podcast because it will take me that long, folks, to get our back on the podcast. But I'm going to make a prediction, which is we're not going to see CROOs. There's this role. It's called the COO's role, right? And if you recall, this was the thing. Like there was a period of time where an organization couldn't function without the COO. My prediction here is that this really does lift that COO's role again back into the C-suite because quite often we don't see these folks anymore, right? And I would point to Our own organization, we have a new COO on board. His name is Franco Anzini. And guess what? Where's Franco from? What is Franco's background? He is a RevOps person to the core and has that unique ability to make that connection and create those connections. So folks, you heard it here, Rachel. First of all, it's going to come back on the podcast sooner than three years from now. But I'm going to say it's not the C-R-O-O. It's going to all be about that COO position and making that the guide of ultimately landing on better sales and marketing and a better customer experience.
1: Yeah, you might be right, but I'm still going to go out there talking about the CRO because I need to market the hell out of the fact that we've got some great rev ops people who need to be paid attention to. And I don't disagree. I think our CO is a great example of somebody who brings the mindset around driving the revenue, the retention, you know, across the board. And also the other piece that we talked about, which is just making sure we're driving product adoption and success, because both of those are so core and he brings that mindset and is guiding both of those. So. 100%. I think maybe we should just call him a CRO so I can win this bet.
0: <laughs> well, I've already lost a couple bets to Rachel, so I'm going to be really careful. Okay, that wraps up this episode of the Revenue Generator podcast. Thanks to Rachel McBeardy, Chief Customer Officer at Lean Data, for joining us. If you can't wait until our next episode and would like to learn more about Rachel, you can find a link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes or you can visit the Lean Data website. Just one link in our show notes I want to tell you about, folks. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while listening to this podcast, head over to RevGenPod.com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our weekly newsletter, apply to be a speaker on the Revenue Generator podcast, or you can even share your revenue generation questions, which we'll answer live in the show. Of course, you could always reach out on social media. Our handle is at RevGenPod on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram or you can contact me directly. My handle is Market Advocate. If you haven't subscribed yet and want a daily stream of RevGen strategies in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed in the next business day. Okay, that's all for today. But until next time, keep cranking because the revenue isn't going to generate itself.